Welcome to Lawmen, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from days of yore. I'm James Shakeshaft. And I am Alastair Beckett-King. And we have some Cornish tales today. From the Wall of Corn, aka Cornwall. We, yeah, we've got a veritable inside of a Cornish pasty of Cornish tales. Ooh, sweet at one end, savoury at the other. Is that how it works? Traditionally, yeah, it would be a full meal. What, you got like a little prawn cocktail and then all the way down and then there's just a tiny little after eight mint on the end? <laughs> yes. Am I right in thinking there's a guest in this one, James? There is a guest as well. Rachel Fairburn. She's fantastic, isn't she? I can't wait to get to it. Probably should then. Yeah, do let's, it. Just, let's listen to let's it. Let's listen to it. Alistair. Yes, Jamathan. Jamathan? Jamathan. That's not a, that's not a thing. Jimmy Shakes. Jim, Jimmy Shakeshaft, East End Gangster, the second. Because um, <laughs> my father is the first. Actually, no, he's the second. I'm the third. It doesn't matter. What were you saying, James? I've got a couple of things. I've got some amazing stories for you and a special guest law person. Oh, wow. Look at your Zoom screen now. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take the blindfold off. And yeah. It's Rachel Furburn. Hello. <laughs> Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I can see you are sequestered in a, a, a garret in a, a Victorian attic. Yes, it's sort of an attic thing and, and there's some sort of Christmas decoration still up for some reason because nobody really <laughs> lives in this part of the house. Uh, it's well, a haunted fine. attic. It's, it's the a haunted ghost attic. <laughs> Christmas ghost attic. <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast, Christmas ghost Rachel Fairburn. Absolute pleasure. It's nice to be out this time of year. Is it the ghost of Christmas attic? <laughs> <laughs> it looks a bit like an Easter wreath. This is very true. I must say that that is a Christmas wreath, but it, it was done up for Easter as well. Oh. Uh, but now, because because of lockdown, everyone's lost hope with everything. It's just staying there. We're just like, <laughs> just going to keep it. It's... It's fine. It's it's a memory of things we used to celebrate, but, you know, times have changed. By the time Halloween comes around, it will just have naturally got spiderwebs all over it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And then light it on fire a week later. <laughs> so, Rachel, you're, you're from Manchester, right? I am, yes. I am from Manchester. We're not talking about Manchester today. No, no, no. You, you've done a few Manchester ones, I've seen. You did the Manchester Mummy. Did you know about the Manchester Mummy already? I did, yeah. I did know about the... What was she called? Han, was it, it was a woman called Hannah something. She was in the museum for ages, wasn't she? And then they buried her in... I think it was Harper Hay Cemetery, wasn't it? And I'm from Harper Hay. <gasps> so, and also, I, my where I'm from... I lived, my the house I sort of grew up in, backed onto the Boggart Hole Clough, which is a, a haunted park. Um, so there's plenty of things we could have spoken about for Manchester, uh, but we're going to go somewhere else. Yes. Is it as far away as you can get from Manchester, but still be on the British Isles? Oh, yeah, it's miles away. I mean, I remember going, where we, we're going to talk about, where we're going to talk about, I used to go every year. I still go but at least twice a year. Uh, used to go as a kid on holiday, and it'd be one of those holidays where it'd be like, you load up the car at midnight, and for, my dad's like, he's a taxi driver, he's a lorry driver, he's a coach driver now, so he drives for a living. And he would be obsessed with like, he's Welsh as well. It's like, right, we want to be on the road by midnight. And then you'd wake up at like five in the morning in Exeter. <laughs> and then you'd have another like three and a half hours to go. It was like an eight hour drive to go there on holiday. But it was great. 
The way back was awful. Arriving on holiday in time for the Little Chef breakfast. Absolutely. Nice. I had a very similar experience as a kid um, because my my mum's from northwest Scotland and uh, we lived in the northeast of England, which is not quite as far away, but it's it's a long drive. So you would just be woken up in the middle of the night like... Like the Stasi were about to burst through the door and we were fleeing. <laughs> and just be, just get in the car. Here's a puzzle book. Don't talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you pass any checkpoints, get under the blanket. <laughs> this, is, this is what your child is like when you've had no real problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to be having a story from Cornwall. Yes. The wild, wild west country, as I believe it's known. Absolutely. Yeah, my absolute favourite favorite place in the world, I would say. It's, I, bl- I bloody love the place. Yeah. I think, to be honest, I'm going to put it to bed now. They've got it right on the scones front. Oh, yeah. What is it there? Is it jam? Is it cream? Jam, jam first. first. Ooh, it's a difficult as one, As much isn't it? cream as possible on top. Well, the argument, I think the argument for the other way is presumably the cream is a substitute for butter, right? Yeah, yeah. See, that's I, I prefer it that way. I think it makes more sense. I don't know. But if you do it the other way, you can just keep going with the cream to, like, enormous proportions. I really want, a sc- I really want one now. Cream tea, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? As a vegan, I've got very little skin in this game. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. The milk and tea <laughs> thing also meaningless to me. Oh, yes. Is Die Hard a Christmas film or is it an Easter film? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so this place that you go... Rachel, is it, is it, am I right? Is it St. Just? Yeah. So I go, there's two, two places that St. Just, we used to go and stay in like a, a holiday, various holiday homes there, uh, from when I've been a very small child. And it's like a, it's a small village. Um, there's uh, a couple of pubs. There's a really old church. There's, um, a butcher shop, uh, from which I had one of the worst Scotch eggs I've ever had in my life, but that's a different story. Uh, and there's a, a beach, it's sort of a, a cove, sort of, what's it called? A, a cape, that's the word, mm. uh, down, further down from the village called Cape Cornwall. And it's, it's very beautiful. Oh. Very lovely place. Quite eerie as well, but really good. I love it. Is it sort of like the mist rolls in of a night time and, and one or two kids go missing? Yeah, it could have that kind of vibe. It's just really sort of quiet and just... I don't know, it's, there's like a little antique shop as well that's been there for years and years. And I don't know, there's just something about it that's just... It's one of those places that you think, this exists when I'm not here. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, you go somewhere so strange and quaint that you're like, yeah. oh, when I'm, you know, out gigging, this place is here. It's a strange place, but quite charming at the same time. Have you ever been caught in, in sea fog? Of the coast. Has that ever happened to you? No. As a student, I was making a film on the beach in Hastings, and it was a blazingly sunny day. And I'm ginger, so I was just doling out the Factor 50, which I had brought and nobody else had. So I was like a god. I was like a drug dealer. Everyone was like, oh, you got to hook me up. And I was like, okay, but you owe me. Um, And so just completely blue sky. And then... And it's weird because it's like a Doctor Who scene. Then you sort of go, oh, look, it's quite a lot of fog on the sea there, isn't there? That wasn't there a minute ago. And then it's just all around you and you can't see the person next to you for about five minutes. And then it just clears, completely gone. But a hundred years had passed. (laughs) That bit bit isn't true. (laughs) But right up until that point, that is a very eerie experience. And you no longer had a sound man. (laughs) He'd just been taken up somewhere. So this this area of Justice is pretty spooky from what I've... I've been doing a little bit of reading around the area there's there's an area called the gump mm. or wound gumpus common which i guess is in the local dialect 
And that's a plain around there. There's lots of standing stones and barrows. I think the standing stones are called like the dancing stones or something like that. So they're probably one of those myths of people dancing on a Sunday and so they yeah. were punished. The Merry Maidens, that kind of thing. There's lots of those, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think there, I think it is the Merry Maidens uh, that's around there. Because it's weird as well, because obviously my dad's Welsh. We used to go to Wales every summer as well. And it's sort of, there's a load of lots of stone circles and things like that there. And obviously Wales has got loads of myths and legends as well. But yeah, I think the Merry Maidens, I'm sure they're in Cornwall. I think it was they had a dance on a Sunday and the devil was like... Oh, we're not having this. No. But although we don't know why the devil would be like that, you think he'd be quite happy. He'd be about organising it. the knees up. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "Oh, come and have a dance." You know, be, should, surely it would be God yeah. going, oh, "Turn to stone." But I don't know. Yeah, who am I to question people's mythology or question gods? <laughs> But certainly, if you had to say which one of them probably had the best moves, I think it w- you'd go with the devil. First of all, his knees bend in like every different direction, so he's he's got a, an advantage in terms of limberness. God moves in mysterious ways, but yeah. are they rhythmic? No, but they might be like moonwalking and stuff. <laughs> Whereas the devil, he's just going to be like bogling a bit much. It's going to be very sleazy. It's going to be sleazy. It's going to be too near to you as well for you to really appreciate the moves. When you think of God, you think of dancing like Michael Jackson. That that just came naturally. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, the guy that Michael Jackson nicked the uh, moonwalk off, that's who I meant. All right. As far as we know, he didn't do anything. <laughs> He's clean as far as we know. <laughs> yeah. So the gump, it's not only has it got all the standing stones and whatnots, it's thick with fairies down there. Oh, can't move for them. You can't. You, do, you People won't walk across it at night because of the fairies or pixies or piskies. Piskies, as yeah. Known in a local dialect. <laughs> like a drunk pixie. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little sort of loutish lad culture 90s pixie. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a little tracksuit on, tracksuit top on and jeans, added as sambas and a can of red stripe. He's singing football's coming home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so, right, so back in 1861, uh, Joseph Blight wrote about an old man who at that point, 1861, was not long dead. And this old man had been on the gump at twilight and had heard beautiful music and had followed it and found a fairy fair. And there was all sorts of beautiful stalls with beautiful wares in it and uh, little fairies with fancy clothes on. And he really wanted some of these goodies, so he took his hat and he threw it over a bit of the fair to like capture that. Ooh. And he went over and he, he and he went over and he lifted the hat, and there was nothing there but spiderwebs and snails. Ooh. Disgusting. Yeah. So it's a bit like your wreath. <laughs> <laughs> On this barren ground, there were half-starved horses that that were ridden by the arch fiend, which is the devil. And he'd hunt lost souls over the heath. Blimey. You're really taking a risk if you go for a stroll. It could be like the fairy version of the Metro Centre, or it could be Satan on a horse trying to kill you. If you do go for a walk on it, it's not like you've not been warned, is it? I mean, <laughs> there's nothing good that's happening on it. Maybe leave it. Like, and even that apparently there's an old style that, and this is a quote, bears an evil name. Ooh. And that catches souls because they can't get over it. It's like some sort of, I don't know... Sounds a bit like a, a fence to me. <laughs> oh, there's a style you can't get over. That's a fence. It's not a style. I've, I've rumbled it. That's a broken style or fence. Mm. Oh, oh, there's also a ghost of a witch that haunts a well. Ooh. A little story about her. There were these two miners, and th- they live with their sister in a little cottage near the gump, 
Probably because it was low property prices, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of the fairy party's kicking off next door. And they they always said to the sister, don't go to the well to get water after night time. We'll go, don't you go. And so one day she went to the well at night time and she saw a little old woman sitting in the gap of the hedge with like a red cloak on. And she like nodded at her, the woman said nothing. And she went to the well and she... No matter how many times she put her bucket in, when she brought it up, it was empty. And she could like literally see the water going into the bucket, bring it up empty. And she said to the old woman, like, what's going on here? And the old woman said, nothing. <laughs> and then she went back to a cottage and told her brothers. And they were like, "That we told you not, that's the ghost of a witch. We'll go next time. And that's the end of the story, really. Oh, so- oh. Just a little warning. Just look out for a little witch lady. <laughs> I was really tense there. It did peter out. I, it, that was like, if at the end of the ring, they go up to the well and then they just go away and it's fine and nothing happened. A very lazy ghost. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd have a bit more, you know, you've got one job, which is to haunt and curse maybe, but... Just sitting there. It's probably like... could be asked, got like you? sunglasses on and she's asleep behind them or something. <laughs> <laughs> what a lazy witch. So yeah, so there's miners in this area, the tin mines... And they've got all sorts of traditions, yes. which are sort of borrowed from sailory ones, I guess, because like you were like a sa- you were basically a sailor or a miner there, so their sort of traditions kind of mixed together, I guess. And really, miners are just the sailors of the earth, aren't they? Logically, wow, well, never thought of it like that. Or the submariners of the earth. The tin is like getting the fish, right. and the you can suffocate. You can. Yes. End of comparisons. I've proven my point. <laughs> yeah. They're the same. <laughs> Is there a sailing version of the canary? But the parrot. Parrot. Yeah, the parrot. Yes, the parrot. I can't believe that I have won this one. And like pit ponies are like um, squids? Dolphins. Cabin boys. <laughs> Manatees. There you go. It all, it all checks out. It just it just works. So the, a lot of the miners had a lot of the, the same sort of superstitions as sailors. So there would be things like... Crows were a sign of bad luck, and red-headed women were a sign of bad luck, a sign that someone was going to die. Oh, mm, that's a little offensive. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to get a bit feminist on you there, James, but that's, that's <laughs> offensive to two quite oppressed groups. But you're letting ravens just take the whole brunt of it. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, ravens. <laughs> sorry, ravens. There were these little creatures down the mines, a bit like a blue cap, like we talked about before, called the knockers or knackers. <laughs> And you t- <laughs> well, it it was dark, and you it probably <laughs> as you were reaching out, you, you can't always know what what you're going to get. You it's very hard to tell the difference. I was going to wait to see you with the first one to have a little giggle at that was, and I'm proud to say it wasn't me for once. Well done, me. <laughs> it's dark down there. It's dark and lonely. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like when you're at sea, when you're in the mine, it's just different rules apply. It's knockers or knackers. You've got to pass the time somehow. How that would work is when you were digging away in the mine, you would hear like a tapping up ahead, like a knocking, and you would know that that was a rich seam of tin because the little fairy things were digging away as well, and you'd follow their sound, and that would lead you to the good seams of tin. You know, tradition, you'd leave a bit of money, leave a bit of food and stuff like that. Except Tommy Trevorrow. He... He believed in the knockers or knackers, but he did not like them. <laughs> he very much resented giving these gifts. 
he he was he was down the mines. He was eating his lunch, and he heard something tap tap tapping away. And he got a handful of gravel and hoid it at it. And that handful of gravel hoid back at him, but he still ignored it. Finished off his dinner. Didn't leave those knockers or knackers a crumb. Not mm. not a sausage. Ah, big mistake. Not a pasty. He ate all of it to the last crumb, and then people heard angry voices saying, Tommy... I'm going to do the accent, actually. Oh, oh wow. All right, then. <laughs> Tommy Trevorrow, Tommy Trevorrow, will send thee bad luck tomorrow. Thou old curmudgeon to eat all thy fuggin, and leave not a digin for bucker. Yeah. Wow. Bucker being mm. some sort of demon. That was pretty good, that. Yeah. Strong stuff from the knackers there. That is quite good. And the very next day... He went down the mines and there was a rock fall and it crushed all his tools. Wow. Mm. And, and his knackers? Uh, <laughs> did, they, did they escape? I believe they escaped unharmed. What about his wife's knockers? Were they all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he'd, he was considered bad luck down the mines and, he, and no one would employ him. Oh. Yeah. Like Jonah is to ships, he was to mines. Yes. Mines and ships, they're basically the same. Wow. I once visited a mine in Cornwall, and I think it was about, probably about eight or nine, maybe. And it was, I can't remember what it's called, but it's still, uh, Giva Tin Mine, I think it was. And it had only closed not long before that. And some of the uh, men that used to work in it were then now doing like tours of the, the mine and teaching people about its heritage and stuff. And the guy that was taking us around, he was really nice. I just remember this vaguely. But when I look back, it was clear that he was really pissed off about everything. Because uh, at the end of the tour, he was just like, yep, these are uh, these big ball bearings. These were used to do such and such thing. Just take one. Take them if you want them. Take them. <laughs> and he was just like trying to give everything <laughs> away that was in his mind. And I just remember like me, my mum and my sister and my dad, we just left with like, little bags of stuff from the mine <laughs> like why have we got these things and we kept we kept the big ball bearing things but we just left the rest of it in the holiday cottage and when i look back i was like that man was off wasn't he like take it have it take what you want like all right okay <laughs> i'm not sure he really worked there i think either he was a disgruntled employee or he'd been dead for 50 years yeah after it Cave-in. He definitely, he died in a mining accident a uh, hundred years before, for <laughs> off the knockers. A ball bearing killed him and he and he would have his revenge. There'll be no ball bearings in the mine. I guess the, yeah, the way to tell was be when you turned up, did he have like a, a pair of bolt cutters and was kicking away a broken padlock or did he just sort of appear out of the mist when no one was looking? All I remember is he was just covered in blood. That's the only enduring memory I have he from would, that day. He just wouldn't stop crying. Covered in blood, wouldn't stop crying. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, a very good tour guide. Have I told you about the time I met a 100-year-old Yorkshire boy? No. This sounds good. It was um, just a, a second student filming thing. I was in Yorkshire and uh, we, we were filming something with a video camera and... Um, it was very odd. So a boy, maybe 11 years old, with a sister about the same age, and, and a woman sort of appeared down the road and were watching us for ages and not saying anything. And the kid was dressed like a like a, like a cartoon of a farmer. So he had like a flat cap, and I think he had braces. So it was like <laughs> old-fashioned clothes. And then he, as sort of the man of the family, approached us and asked what we were doing in a quite a deep Yorkshire accent for a 12-year-old boy. And we explained, we make, we're making a film, so we're just videoing something here, and this is like, this is the public road, we're allowed to be here. And he, and he went back to his mother, and I heard him say, they're just taking their photograph. <laughs> and then then they went away. And it's like, I, I don't know if I, that sounds to me like someone who has not heard of a video, doesn't understand the idea of filming 
video, but thinks that we were just taking a single photo. I just think I saw a Victorian ghost child. That's is that what I'm saying? Wow. That's the story. That is weird. He interpreted it the way I think a Victorian child <laughs> or an Edwardian kid would have. They're just so taking weird. their photo. That, yeah. Because it would look... The old sort of cameras looked like that, didn't they? Those big... Yeah, exactly. It's on a tripod. It would look to a Victorian eyes. It would look like a... <laughs> A, you know, a, a large plate camera. And your long hair would might look like one of those because they used to have to put the cloth over their head. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, I would look like a travelling mountebank or showman who might be putting together a, a show to tour around London and the provinces. That's nothing to do with Cornwall, but I thought I'd mention it. A very strange interaction. Do you think it was a kid or was it like Yorkshire Gary Coleman? <laughs> First of all, I'm really upset that your TV pitch, Yorkshire Gary Coleman, never got picked up by a network. I think that is a <laughs> that is a crime. What a solid pilot that was. But also, yeah, I just couldn't tell. I was very perplexed. Oh, wow. Did you try and film him, but the the tapes blank? Yeah, the, <laughs> didn't come didn't come out on film. Just a weird blurring. It was just orbs. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing that came out on film was his knackers. Anyway, that's <laughs> we'll cut that out. Did you take his ball bearings or? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was giving them away. You can grab them if you want. Shift them fast enough. Go on, have them. Go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took us away from Cornwall for a second there uh, to a ghostly field in Yorkshire. It was a lovely detour. I enjoyed it. Very, yeah. But not practical. Not one your dad would have made during the drive because that's not going to work. I did want to say, Rachel. You said your dad was a taxi driver, coach driver, truck driver. Yes. Is that all at the same time? Because that's human trafficking for a start. I should have <laughs> just said. My dad's, uh, as he puts it, a professional driver, uh, but he is, uh, for my life, like, he's a, he's a coach driver now, long-distance coach driver, um, like, he goes all over Europe and, well, not at the minute, he doesn't go anywhere at the moment, um, no. but that's what he does, he's, uh, he drives all over the place. I think, as, as somebody who does stand-up but can't drive, I get a lot of coaches, and I think coach drivers have a lot in common with stand-up comedians, because you rarely meet such a range of born entertainers and misanthropic villains as you do <laughs> comedians and coach drivers really have that in common some of them are just a delight to be around and some of them would be gladly driving you to your death yeah they just hate humanity a hundred percent my dad is in the second half of those people. he's the most he's, he's got no interpersonal skills he's not a a, a pleasant like is it obviously he's my dad and i love him he's a nice man but he's just not friendly at all he's got he, he doesn't care he just wants to drive to the destination and have nobody speak to him and i think that's absolutely fair but yeah, yeah. he's got he, he has i mean he has been let go from one job for being rude to somebody but that's you know that's fine <laughs> <laughs> and when he's taking you on holiday you'd want a little bit of chat uh do you know what it was sometimes with with my dad like it's good that my my mum is there to provide a buffer sometimes, like, because it's like, he's such a... I mean, for a man I've known all my life, I don't really know much about him. <laughs> it's getting a bit deep, this, isn't it? He doesn't... For all I know, my dad could genuinely be uh, a, a ghost because he doesn't talk about... He doesn't talk about school, he doesn't talk about... He talks about his family occasionally, but he's, he's just a very much a man of the moment, and that is him. And he doesn't really engage with much. Like, he takes an interest in things, but he's not really, um, what's the word, enthusiastic. 
He's a classic dad from from a, a bad sitcom, maybe. But he's a nice bloke. I think it's a real shame that your sitcom, Rachel's Ghost Dad, has also not been picked up yet because that is also <laughs> an outrage. <laughs> what was that one where it was... So Haunt Me with Maureen Lippman. Yes, So Haunt Me. <laughs> Loved So Haunt Me with Maureen Lippman. And My Mother the Car, which I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. We have mentioned My Mother the Car. <laughs> He might be a ghost, though, It's from the sounds of things. When you record your podcast, does he refer to it as a telephone call? <laughs> he, he he actually refers to the podcast as the double act. So I think maybe he is a man from the past. Yeah, that's a very sort of musical uh, 1910s terminology there. <laughs> yeah. you think you're just sort of throwing hamsters through a hoop to baying crowds. <laughs> <laughs> the double act. <laughs> I, I think it's a shame now that you don't both wear suits and bowler hats. I'd love that. Hey, there's still time. There is still time. <laughs> We're going to run out of ideas eventually. Yeah, I think that is the one thing you, the publicity shots are missing, is that is that vibe, that vaudevillian sort of um, I say, I say, I say kind of... Can you play the banjo? I can certainly learn. <laughs> um, so, speaking of hilarious double acts, this is a brilliant segue into the story. Mm-hmm. Have you got a story... <laughs> I've got a, it started hey, well. I've got a story for you. So obviously in in this area, St. Just, there's a a lot of uh stories about miners and of course mesh the knockers and the you know, all that kind of stuff. And there is a story that uh one evening there's several different versions of this story, as there always is with, with these things. But the version I'm going to tell is this one. There was two very poor young men who were miners. And uh, they, obviously, they're working down the mine. It comes to Friday night. They're in St. Just and like, right, I want to get hammered. But unfortunately, there wasn't very many pubs open because everyone was quite religious. So they had to walk um, further away to go uh, and have a drink. And as they go in, one of the lads' mum says to them, oh, you know what day it is, don't you? And they're like, what? Uh, she says, it's Halloween, so be back before midnight. So they're like, all right, okay. So they go off and they go over into the countryside and they find a pub and they get very drunk and they chat to everybody telling ghost stories and, you know, oh, watch, watch yourself when you go home and all that kind of stuff. But they're having such a good time that they realise, oh, it's midnight now, we'd better leave. So they leave and as they're walking home, uh, to the safety of their houses, um, a horse comes riding past them and one of them says... Oh, what do you think you're doing riding your horse like that at this hour? And as the rider turns around, he's got a big cloak on and he takes his hood off and he's got red eyes. Uh, and he says to them, all right, lads, I'm going to go and watch the wrestling. Do you want to come with me? <laughs> now, they know at this point that it's the devil, but they love wrestling. <laughs> so they're like, right, we're going to go with the devil because we cannot miss this wrestling match. I think a lot of people... Have- I thought like because like everybody mm. knows Vince McMahon is bad, but a lot of my fa- friends who are fans of WWE have just decided, well, mm. you you've got to make a deal with the devil <laughs> if you want to watch it. Got to watch it. <laughs> so up they go across the the countryside, and eventually the devil stops, and they they go into this. Uh, in fact, the area is called I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's similar to where we were just talking about near Saint Just. Can Canidja. That's the one. Is that right? That's the one, yeah. So they go into that, that area. There's all demons and ghosts and monsters gathered round for this wrestling match. And the devil takes his seat at the top so he can look down on it all. And uh, 
there's like three demons and a giant having a scrap in the middle. <laughs> and it's not like any, it's not like normal wrestling they've seen before. This is like, this is something Real. else that, yeah, there's like skin being ripped off and, you know, eyes being eat, like ripped out of people's heads and stuff like that. It's pretty violent. It's like UFC. <laughs> so <laughs> they're watching the fight and then think one of the demons or, or a giant gets badly injured and one of the the miners is quite upset by this and he he goes over to uh see if he can help him in any way and uh he says oh i think he's dying we should say a prayer so he starts saying the lord's prayer and at this point the devil's like oh no no you don't not on my watch i'm not having this in here so he uh he sort of looks at the miner and the miner then realizes what he's done and they start to run and they're being chased and they think, right, well, we need, we know, one thing we know, we might not know that it's Halloween, but we do know that ghosts and demons can't cross water. Oh, classic. So we'll run and run until we get to the river and then we'll, we'll be okay. So they're running and running and, uh, you know, it's, it's taking a long time and uh, there's a bit that I've missed out here that is essential to the last bit, but we'll, we'll carry on. And they, remember, these boys are so poor that they don't have belts for their trousers. This is how poor they are. They have to use string, which is something I should have mentioned earlier on. Um, so you wouldn't think I was a stand-up comedian. you tell stories, would you? <laughs> so <laughs> they're running, and one of the monsters, demons, catches them as it catches them up in its jaws with its big, horrible teeth and its smelly breath and everything um, because the p- pants are held on just with string. They rip, and then the boys are free, and they cross the river, and they run home, trouserless, uh, and they bang on the door, and uh, the mother's like, where have you two been, and why have you got no trousers on? And that's their excuse for getting and not being home on time. I mean, it's quite the story, isn't it? Trousers. I really enjoyed you noticing that you hadn't done the setup for the callback. That is pro work there. You, you, you flagged it up, but you could, you could have done that without flagging it up, and I would not have noticed. That was real uh, this expertise. Is, this is very true. I mean... I have to admit, there's nothing worse uh, when you're on stage and you are sort of three quarters of a way into a story and you just get into the bit and you go, <laughs> I've forgotten the bit that makes this funny. And you're just standing there going, <laughs> My favourite thing is, though, see, actually watching that happen when it's not you. I quite enjoy that. Uh, so now you're like, they've forgotten, haven't they? Let's watch them struggle. There's lots of giants and things in Cornwall as well. That's another big, excuse the pun, that's another uh, legend that they have. got the St. Michael's Mount, the giant there, all that kind of stuff. There's giants fair. There's something for everybody, isn't there, really? I think so, yeah. Well, a good slogan for Cornwall. Something for everybody. <laughs> something for everybody. Giants, etc. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that is a really terrific story. Like um, I wasn't expecting a wrestling match with giants and demons and stuff when it started, and it was just lads having a bit of a rough night. That was wonderful. It's a good one, isn't it? Would you have gone to the wrestling? Me? Yeah. Oh, it's it's not mm. real, is it? It's, I, I I think it's the the conventions of television give away that it's not real. Like so, the fight's going on, blah, 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 and then oh, they're breaking out. One of them's running away. He's chasing him out of the studio into the car park of the building. Yeah, but there's like a camera crew there ready to pick him up when he get like the it was. They don't have a camera operator in the car park every day in case the fight breaks out into the car park. It's fake. I mean, I know this is a known thing, but. It has always bothered no, me. No, I, I used to like it back in the, the heyday when it was WWF with, like, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and stuff. Yes. They'll never let us down, that generation of wrestlers. Well, when I was about nine, I went on holiday to Butlins in Bognor Regis, and they had wrestling on, and we were like, oh, we're going to go see the wrestling. It was in, it was British wrestling, 
and it was just a couple of big men in speedos basically and i could see them whispering to each other and i realized it was then they weren't whistling it's not like they were slagging me off or something they were like working out the moves and that was that was when the bubble was pricked for me and i was like ah and this stage is padded no thank you i've never really watched it but i did i mean i don't know how to feel if i was walking along a a country lane in cornwall and a bloke on a horse who i definitely knew was the devil asked me to come watch wrestling I don't know if I'd say yes or no. Mm. Because on the one hand, it's like, I feel like I'm going to miss out on something that I'm never, ever going to be able to see again. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's like, why is he asking me? Mm. What could I possibly bring to this supernatural occasion? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's like, mm. if Jesus turned up and said, pop down the bowling alley, you'd be like, well, I'm glad you've come, Jesus. But it's such a specific suggestion. My sitcom idea, which has not been picked up. Very upset about bowling with Jesus not being commissioned. Come on, commissioners, use your imagination. <laughs> bowling with Jesus. <laughs> okay, Alistair, have you got your, your numbers one to five? You're only going to need the number five, to be honest. Okay. For this one. So just get four fives right ready for for us. How do I know how many fives to get ready if I've forgotten the number four, James? <sighs> think, think about it. You've, you confused me. Just get five fives and we'll deal with that when we come to it. You'll have a spare. I've got them all ready, all racked up on a, like a little Scrabble rack. Oh, that's nice. A number Scrabble. Is there a number Scrabble? No, number Scrabble wouldn't work because all numbers <coughs> are a number. <laughs> yes, they are. Yep, you just come in and put a zero yeah. on the end of any number. It's still a number. Still a number. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For once, one of my million dollar ideas is not a million dollar idea. Oh, going to put a one on it and make it a 10 million and one dollar <laughs> idea. Is that correct? Don't know. Anyway, the scores. I think first we're just going to go with naming. Naming? Yeah. All right, who, who have we got? Um, Trago Mills, the bounty hunter from... He didn't turn up in this one, Trago Mills, sadly. Ah. But he always deserves a shout out when we're talking about the Southwest. Go to Trago Mills. Witness the peacocks. <laughs> Zero points for Trago Mills. Thick with peacocks. Zero points. We got plus 30 for peacocks. I got ex- overexcited thinking about the peacocks there. <laughs> no, we've got names that are actually in this story. The Gump, a- a.k.a. Wound Gumpus Common. Joseph Blight. That's just quite a nice name. Totally normal name. Tommy Trevorrow. Yeah, Tommy Trevorrow. Bit of a ridiculous name. And he was down Balawal Mine. <laughs> That main story, um, that took place by Khan Kennedy Jack, which is also known as the Hooting Khan. <laughs> because when the wind blows through it at a certain angle, it goes... <laughs> or there's an owl that lives there. Mm. I don't know. Who else? we got? Old, we got the devil, Saint Nick. Old Nick. Rather, not Saint Nick. That's Father Christmas. <laughs> Uh oh! Wait a minute. Santa's an anagram of Satan. Mm. If he ever turns up and suggests you go down the ice rink or something, watch it. I wasn't really impressed by many of those names that you listed there, James. Uh, and I was contemplating a low score, and then I remembered the knackers on knockers. Knackers knockers. The knackers knockers. They called them knackers and then thought, this name is unintentionally humorous. Yeah. We need to come up with a new name so all the jokes end and they went with knockers, <laughs> which is arguably funnier than knackers. 
So it's a four, and that is okay. two for knockers and two for knackers, and the rest can go whistle. I'm fine with that four. Good. Category the second, supernatural. Oh, that's a, oh, I can't think of a story which is as supernatural as this. It doesn't get more supernatural than this, does it? It's got, it's got all of them in it. They're all there. Yeah. And it's not like the devil appeared for a minute in a window or a mirror. They went to watch wrestling together. <laughs> <laughs> they had the whole journey. They queued. They had to go to an arena. Yeah. <laughs> People being turned away because they're bringing in bottles of water that are obviously vodka. <laughs> and even in even in your, your little storylets, James, you've got the you've got a classic shake shaft move of a fairy fair, which on closer inspection turns out to just be cobwebs and things, and just isn't there. Slugs, yeah, yep. slugs. Classic shake shaft turned out it yep. was a slug. <laughs> that famous M Night Shyamalan narrative move to make it a slug at the end, which is why my Gary Coleman Young Yorkshireman never took off. <laughs> It was a mystery series. Always turned out it was a slug. Yep. I think it's five. I think it's five out of five for Supernatural. Yes. And I, th- I think I'd be Brilliant. I'd be committing a real crime if I said anything less. Yeah, by the way, that witch earlier on... Oh, I forgot about the witch in a well. wasn't just a witch. It was the ghost of a witch. <laughs> Double. That's, that's a twofer, twofer right there. We both said that's a twofer at the same time, James. We've been doing this podcast too long. Even with the sink issues. <laughs> Even with the sink issue, we said it at the same time. Wow. For the third category, it's weird land. Corn weird. Corn weird. <laughs> like Cornwall, but saying weird. And it's weird land. It's a weird land. I don't know if I've ever been to Cornwall. I think you'd really like Cornwall. I think you'd really suit it, to be honest. I can imagine you walking across a cliff top and the, the wind in your hair and just, you know, having a look mm. out, that kind of thing. It'd suit you. Falmouth. Is that in Cornwall or is that in Devon? Uh, it's Cornwall, Falmouth. I think. All right, yeah. I have been to Cornwall. I went to Falmouth. 140 quid return on the train because I forgot <laughs> to buy it in advance because I didn't realise how far Cornwall was. Ooh. Ooh, did, I, did I make that while doing my solo show in an arts venue to 20 people? Did I make that money back? <laughs> no, I didn't. I paid the town of Falmouth 50 quid to hear my comic musings. <laughs> <laughs> did you sort of look at the audience and it was meant to be a full house and then you went out and tried to sort of grasp them with your hat and they just turned out to be slugs? <laughs> <laughs> Slugs and cobwebs, a lot that, of them. That happens at most of my shows, frankly. What else? We've got the gump. This whole bit of area called the gump, full of standing stones, long barrows, pick, pick skis. Is there a forest? No, it's quite barren. That's frustrating for humour purposes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a very creepy feeling about the whole of this, and I like it. Good. I think it's a five. I hate to be too... I think lockdown is making me too generous, but it might be the lack of human contact outside of podcasting. <laughs> But I think it's a five. I'm going to press that into your hand yes. like a grandparent on holiday saying, don't don't tell your mum. Mm. I'm going to look down and it's turned into a slug. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the ghost of a witch and not your gran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is the final category? The final category is how drunk were you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, expand on that category a little, please. Well, the two lads who went to wrestling with the devil were absolutely leathered, weren't they? Yeah. They were just... They, they, they were they were late back home. They'd been told to be back before midnight. And sans keks as well. Yeah, no trousers on. Yeah, they hadn't been told to come back in their trousers, but <laughs> it was implied. Uh, oh, we've seen all these demons. I mean, the devil's going to have a bit of booze with him as well, isn't he? He's not going to... Oh, yeah. Mm. I imagine he's... I mean, say what you want about him, but I imagine he's a good host. <laughs> I think he'd have he'd have whiskey, he'd have Jack Daniels, I think, or you know, he'd definitely have some sort of spirits or something. He'd probably bruise his own. Yeah, cocktails, I would imagine, made in sort of like a skull shaker. Yeah, 
Yeah, probably have a few drinks with him. Again, like we were talking about the dancing, they'd all be like the cocktails with the horrible names that you don't want to ask mm. for. Like Sex on the Beach. <laughs> don't make me ask for that. Just can I, I just like Baileys and Kahlua. Just give me that. <laughs> oh, you want to... A, so, a weird sort of sex where everyone's looking at you. No, I just want to get drunk. <laughs> Again, that's why my cocktail bar went under. <laughs> Names just weren't snappy enough. Shake shaft, sensible cocktails. <laughs> Any drunk chaps in your little storylets, James? I think the old man that tried to catch fairies in his hat and it turned out it was a s- some spider webs yes. is drunk. The part of the story that is plausible is a drunk yeah. man threw his hat on the ground and he got spider webs on it. That is a believable <laughs> story. There's no yeah. mystery there. Yeah. I don't know if Tommy Trevorrow was... At, was drunk down the mines and that's mm. why he wasn't hired again and he just made up a story that he angered some knockers <laughs> i think some of the fairies at the fair are probably drunk i'm still enjoying it they're having a good old time aren't they they're out in the fancy clothes they're definitely drunk yeah yeah if, if you've ever been to a street fair then most of the people are probably drunk yeah i'd say so yeah i think if we remove booze from the equation there's probably not a lot of story no, going on it's here just some noisy rocks i think it's a four out of five Ooh. i'm sorry i can't go to five but i think i've I've been a little bit too generous, but the but the last one just sort of represents the hangover, that little bit of regret. So that's why it's not a full five out of five. Because it's five now, but tomorrow morning I'm taking away one. That's the way it works. <laughs> and our trousers. <laughs> yes, remove the string now. We all know that none of us are wearing trousers because we're on Zoom. I haven't worn trousers for 12 weeks. We've only been on lockdown for 11. <laughs> And I go to the shops every other day. I, to be honest with you, I just want to go to the pub. That uh, yeah. is mm. my main I'm really thing missing pub. that I want to do. I just want to go to the pub. On your way home, though, Rachel, if you do meet a strange rider, just just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I will do. Having said that, though, I've been we've been inside for that long that I'd probably just be like, yeah, fine, I'll come with you. I would welcome it. I'll sit right next to you. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be well up for it. Bit of entertainment, bit mm. of fresh air. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast, Rachel. Well, can I say I didn't know this? I didn't know this podcast existed before you invited me to go on it, and now I'm like, I can't believe that this podcast is there, and I've not listened to it because this is like right up my street. So I've got now I've got this to listen to before lockdown ends. So I feel absolutely thrilled about it. <laughs> of course, you are an extremely successful podcaster and comedian in your own right. Is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, I, I was on tour, uh, but that all got cancelled. Um, but I do a podcast with Kiri Pritchard McLean, all killer no filler, and it's about serial killers. And there's lots of episodes out there and we're going to be releasing more soon. And then we're probably going to go on tour next year. But who knows what's going to happen? So at the moment, that's the only thing I've got for you. Well, that sounds wonderful. A potential tour on the condition that the reality returns to an approximation of normal. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Incredible scenes, extraordinary tales. Don't go to the gump after midnight. I wasn't going to go at all, but I definitely won't go after midnight. Not with these train prices. (laughs) They only sell a single to the gump. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode, you could like, subscribe, recommend us on Twitter, tell a friend about the show, or give us a little bit of your money on coffee.com. Yes, that would be very nice. And if you haven't enjoyed this episode... Do you want to come see some wrestling? Yeah, why don't you go watch Wrestling with the Devil? I'll go and see some wrestling. <laughs> nice trousers. <laughs> Hope you don't lose them. <laughs> <laughs>